Step out of the history that is holding you back. Step into the new story you are willing to create. Oprah Winfrey. You are listening to The Real Estate Investor Show, episode number eight. Welcome, ladies, to The Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Hey, everybody. This is Liz and my co-host, Andressa. Hey, everyone. We are excited to be back with you uh, on another episode of the Real Estate Investor Show. And we're really excited, actually, to try a different format with everyone here. We are going to be talking about a really interesting topic called hiring a general contractor and how to do it and things that we've learned along the way. And we're going to just basically go back and forth and share share all of our ideas with you and our our struggles and things that have worked for us and things that have worked for subject. us. Fun subject, super fun. <laughs> you know, before this call, Andressa, you and I were talking about, you know, what are the biggest challenges when it comes to real estate investing? And you and I, you know, we're just chatting and you mentioned, is it time? Is it money? And, and you and I both agree what? It's not those things, you, right? No, yeah, absolutely. Before I got started in real estate, I was like, okay, time and, and money will be my biggest challenge. But after a while, it's not. If you get a good deal, the money will follow. And you're going to leverage your, your, your time during the process. My biggest challenge was uh, hiring a GC. The process itself to hire it, it got better during time. So I was able to separate the I'll call bad apples. But it, it is just challenging to have somebody with integrity that is going to follow through what they say. And it's just a process that it doesn't come with a, a formula, you That's know, right. so you keep trying different things to kind of vet, vent them out. Yeah. And we've been in the business for a long time as well. And we, you know, we're still learning. We're still learning this piece. Uh, people come into your life as, as GCs, they, they leave, they, you know, uh, we've had to fire them, we've had to sue them. I mean, we've, we've kind of been back and forth on a lot of these different aspects. So, so we thought this might be a great episode to share with all of you, like a, almost like a five-step uh, process. And, you know, we're going to kind of go through each of them and give you some tips and, and tricks and all that good stuff. So, um, and before we go there too, I thought it'd be helpful when people say, well, why do you need to hire a general contractor? Maybe I'll just buy a building that's, you know, ready to go. I'm, I'm not going to need a general contractor, right? I'm sure you've heard that too, Andressa. Absolutely. And I, I just want to make mention that in today's market, you know, uh, to, to add value to a building, you're typically going to buy a building that is, is dilapidated on some level. It may not need $100,000 of a budget, but it certainly will need something. So your, your chances of coming into contact or needing a contractor at somewhere in your real estate investing venture is very high. Uh, just to get away with a maintenance guy or a handyman, I, I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily going to be most people's strategies. So that's why this topic of actually a, a general contractor becomes so important. just want to mention that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. All right. So the first one, the first step, uh, you know, how, how to find them. I think that's a big mm-hmm. question Andres and I get. Yeah. What, are your, what are your best strategies, Andres? Well, be, besides the referrals from people that you really trust, uh, you got to find different ways, right? Because uh, in the hot market, you have tons of GCs that are full and they are booked for six months ahead. 
So what I usually do is I go to the MLS or Zillow or Trulia that are very easy to find properties. Uh, and I look at the pictures and I look at the qualities that I'm looking for on my rehabs. Hmm. And I've, I do some research. And in Philadelphia, we're able to check online who pulled the permit and who did the job. Even architects, I like the design and I like what they have done. I go to open houses and I check them out. And I look for those contractors that did that job and because those are the ones that have the quality that I, I am looking for. Another thing that I usually do, if I'm walking on a neighborhood where there are tons of uh, rehabs or new construction going on, I check who they are. Uh, the permit is usually exposed on the window or on, hanging on the fence. And I look who they are and get their phone number and get in contact with them right away. So those are two quick tips that um, I can find very, very high level uh, GCs that match uh, my, my quality of work. Yeah, that's a great, those are great suggestions. You know, the other thing we, we hear a lot of when, when you're getting started in this business is that you don't know anyone or you don't have any relationships yet. But, the, but I would challenge that because right now in your circle, your immediate circle that, of people that you like, that like and respect you, you have people, whether it's an accountant, most people have an accountant, even if they're not real estate investors, or banker. Most people have bank, you know, banking relationships. Go to those people. Again, people that you trust, that you like, that you respect, and ask them if they have any uh, you know, ref- references or contacts in the, in the general contracting arena. A real estate agent is typically a great resource as well, especially if someone you, again, like and trust. I wouldn't just call any real estate agent, but I'd, I'd ask the ones that you really you know, uh, value. Those also are great, great ways to, uh, to begin, you know, finding people. Yeah, absolutely. And after, after I, I, I do those small lists, my second step is how do I vet them out? Usually I have a quick call just to, um, have a feeling of how they, they do business. And then if I decided that I would like to know more about them, I schedule a meeting at their job site because I want to check it out first if they are on time when meeting me that's a big thing for me that's a great that's a great point yeah i'm gonna be on time i'm probably gonna be there 10 minutes earlier and um i need to i need to check that that's important very important to me if the guy is late and did not give a heads up to me that's a big flag and again people uh, those are my criterias you can adjust as you wish there's no right or wrong here. It's just based on your standards and how you want to do business with, with people. Um, I meet at their job site because I also want to know how does this person communicate with their employees, how the employees are, if they are using uniform, if they're not, if they're using safe equipment, if they're not, if the job site is clean or if there's trash or supplies all over the place. Everything tells me a story. It, you know, the details are going to tell the story. So that's, that's very important to meet at their job site. Usually I like to meet at a regular uh, when the walls are, are open. And if possible, I like to see a final product because I can see the finishes and how they, they take care of the details. Yeah, that's an excellent point. The, uh, you know, the other thing to add here too is to you know, ask them for 
you know, for some references. And when, when you ask for references, don't just say, hey, can you give me a few references? Because what are they going to do? They're going to give you, you know, people that love, love them, you know? And yeah. obviously, who, why would they give you a bad reference? Because then, then they're just not intelligent people and you shouldn't be working with them for that reason. But in general, you should be asking them for not so much the references, but ask them for the last couple of investors that they've worked with. Because Andres and I both worked with and, and gotten quotes from GCs that are more retail-oriented uh, general contractors and also GCs that work with investors. And, and they're not always the same. Yeah, totally. Totally agree with that. It, the price of a retail kitchen, it's completely different than a retail for a rehab projects that, that we do, come like 100% different. So if somebody's uh, used to work with um, direct to the homeowner, the prices are completely different, and and so they could be careful. They could be double. I mean, we we had a, <laughs> we had to unfortunately fire a GC about a year ago. We had to fire a GC on one of our projects, and we ended up we were just not too sure what we wanted to do on that. So we ended up uh, you know interviewing a couple more. One guy came in. We had about from our estimate, we had about I don't know forty thousand dollars left on the project that needed. Okay done this guy came in at a hundred grand <laughs> so you know that's just not gonna work i mean the guy came highly recommended which is awesome but we would have lost a lot of money so you got to be mindful of the type of gc and i also would recommend here and this is another challenge we've had probably more challenges than not with gcs but we had one gentleman who sold himself as a mixed use you know dilapidated i can do anything kind of guy okay and what he was really good was kitchens and bathrooms and that's okay. what he should and that's what he should have stuck to little different little different <laughs> so again you know if this guy if you're talking to people and they're and the gc's like the, the people are like yeah they're great they do great kitchens their tile work is amazing oh my god they're so honest they're wonderful and what you need to do is a full gut rehab you should ask yourself is this the right gc for the right project so a hundred percent a hundred percent and so what, when I am the, the, the job sign, I have a couple of questions that I ask them. And if you're listening to me, draw that down. One thing that I ask him, I, I always say, okay, this, this, this uh, project here, how long did it take you? Mm. When did you start where you are at right now? Because I'm looking for similar projects, right? That what I'm looking to do. So I have, I have my time frame. In mind, a rehab project takes between three to four months. Everything goes well. Everything bad. If something bad happens, about five to six months. So if the person is there uh, past one year, that's, that's a red flag to me. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing I also ask them is, does he hire subs? Or if she, uh, he or she, if they have um, their own employees, that makes a lot of, you know, difference. And I ask them how many jobs they can handle at the same time. That's very important to me because I'm not doing one project at the same time. Sometimes I do two, three, five, six jobs. And sometimes they can handle one or two. Then I need to find a second or third or fourth the GC to, to do that. And once I ask that question, I ask also how many do you have right now? Because if he his max out at four projects and he currently have three, mine will be the fourth one. So you know what's going to happen. Mine is going to be in the back burner very, very soon. 
or I, I check where, which stage are those other projects. They might be done by the time that mine is ready to get started. So those informations are, are, are very important to get to know the person uh, better. Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's great suggestions. Yeah, I also ask them, um, as you were mentioning, Liz, sometimes some, some people are experts in doing kitchens or baths, and rehabs are completely different than new construction. It's a completely different animal. So I cannot have a GC that is doing my my rehab project and never done new construction handle that project is going to be a nightmare. So I always make sure that my GC for new construction specializes in new construction and vice versa. Yeah. So that's, that's completely like no negotiable to me. The person that says, Oh, I do rehab, but I also can handle new construction that, okay, show me, show me what you have done. And then we'll, we'll talk forward. But Usually nowadays, I have completely different GCs for those types of projects. And anybody that tells you that they're amazing at everything, <laughs> small jobs, big jobs, gut renovations, this, that, then, then that's a huge red flag. You cannot yes. be good at everything in, this, in construction. There's no way. Um, so, the, um, so you found them, you vetted them out, you feel comfortable, you're excited by this, this GC. What's next? Andressa? Yeah. So I usually go through uh, about five five visits and I select my top three. So my top three, I will send them uh, my scope of work. For those of you that are not familiar with that, scope of work basically is a detailed description of what I'm looking for. And I always improve my scope of work. One way that I, it's a great tip. One way that I usually improve my scope of work is by looking at home inspections. So I have uh, the home inspections that are telling me what they're looking for. So I always improve my scope of work as I go. So it's an ongoing thing. Um, so I gave them uh, my scope of work, a list of finishes. What do I mean by finishes? Okay, I want, I'm talking about this type of faucet. This is the model. This is the price. And this is the link for it. So there's no question about what level, what grade I'm talking about, as much detail as possible. So I'm trying to make sure that we are all on the same page. We're talking about the same products, the same quality. And sometimes they need to, you know, the product is out of stock and then we can talk about different options. But those are the good to go um, items that I've pre-selected. It's a lot of work before, but it helps a lot. In the future. I was going to say that's a really good point because what you're trying to get a sense of is both what are they going to charge you for both material and for labor, right? Those yeah. are the only two things that a GC can charge you for, right? Those yeah. two things, unless you've figured out permits and all those other additional things. But in essence, mm -hmm. it's those two big, big pieces. So that's a great point by you giving them the, you know, these are the, this is the actual type of finishes I want. You're, you're directing that question mark of finishes and I'm sorry, of uh, material. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easier after to compare apples to apples. Otherwise mm -hmm. I'm going to be comparing different types of, of products and floor and is just not going to match. I need to adjust it. Right. So I, I give all everything to them. And then once I get the, the estimate, we sit down to talk about the payment plan. Liz, I couldn't emphasize more about the payment plan. That is so important to me. One of the, my top, top, top 
uh, priorities is to make sure we are on the same page about the payment plan, how we're going to proceed with it, regardless if you have a mortgage or if it is a cash deal. I do always the same, same way. And for those of you that never done this before, and I can share my uh, payment plan schedule with you, just send me an email, andressa at therealestateinvestor.com, and I will email you a copy of the one that I use for all my projects. So I usually divide it in about five phases, and the payments is based on the phase. Of course, there is a deposit, and the deposit is not 50% of the rehab cost. Usually some, some GCs, they requesting 50%. And I was like, you're out of your mind. Usually it's between 15%. That's what I, we feel comfortable paying, 15% at the deposit, and then 10 to 15% at the end once uh, the certificate of occupancy is um, approved. And why is that so important, Anjessa? I mean, I, I think we've all, I mean, we've, you know, in our own projects, we've, unfortunately been been uh, made, made a mistake on that why mm-hmm. is that why is that point so important because think if you think about it for example three new construction right uh the rehab cost is is very high however the foundations you you're talking about 20 grand foundation each each property so he needs about 60 grand to get started on those materials and i understand that so I, I basically look at what will be his cost to get started. I'm not financing his company, and I don't want him to finance my project. So it is, a, a, you know, a, a, not a game, but it, it got to be a win-win for both parties. If I give you 50% of the rehab costs, what are you doing with all of this? My, my goal is to make sure that, if I have to get another GC to complete the job, that I still have funds available to do so. Right. So the way that we divide the phases is you get paid when that phase is 100% done. And I mean 100%. I don't mean 80%, 90% is 100% done. For example, we had um, a, a draw request recently and there was um, request for outside the panels and the, the the drive it but it rained so we had to move that specific item to the next draw which is very very common so the draws are flexible the payments are not they're gonna get paid by the job that was completed and that's non-negotiable it's just i, I don't pay up front it just doesn't make yeah. any sense. That will not motivate anybody to to do work. Yep. They know they know where I live and everything else. If the job is done, they're gonna get paid. So I I follow through with my word as well. Mm-hmm. So there's no delays on payments. That can happen. So we are on the same page moving forward and make sure there's we are on budget and on schedule. If there is any change order or anything, we'll sit down and talk about it and move forward. But unless the the phase is completed, don't don't call me. Just doesn't work like that. Yep. Great point. Yeah. Well, and then okay, the estimate looks beautiful. Everything is good to go. The next step, the fourth step is before you sign the contract. So besides the contract itself, uh, I usually add as an addendum the scope of work, the finishes, and the payment plan. So it's all one thing. And I also request from them 
their W-9. I always request that before, otherwise I'll never have it. <laughs> so the W-9 um, workers comp, and please make sure you follow your state uh, regulations. They might ask different things. Another thing that I also ask is a copy of their insurance. Usually I add my company and the lender's company, uh, their insurance as additional insured. There no, there's no cost for that. And if your GC is doing business uh, for years, he knows that and he's very open to add you, your company or the lender's company as additional insured. Andres, tell, tell, tell the listeners about the contract is is the contract yeah. something that the GC creates? Do you do we do we create it as the investor? Do you do it together? What what have you found to be the best strategies around creating the contract? Sure. So, just a quick disclaimer: I'm not an attorney, and every single thing that related to contract, you should follow through with your real estate attorney. So, in our case. Um, we created our own. We went to a real estate attorney because if you think that the GC is going to create a contract that benefits you, that is not going to work, okay? That doesn't mean that I cannot use their contract. Yes, I, I can, but I will review it with my attorney and add some clauses there that will protect me as well. So it's very important that your real estate attorney, your local real estate attorney, review that document before you sign. And you got to understand everything that is, is in there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and have a contract. That's the most important thing. Okay. It's just, you've got to have a contract in this business. It's just business. We, we do business that way. Um, we can shake hands. We can, you know, that's all, all good to go, but I always have a contract. That's just policies and procedures. Nothing, nothing personal. Yeah. Great suggestion. Yeah. So all good to go, get started. And a couple of things about managing the project. I believe that communication is so important, especially if you have partners, if you have private lenders and uh, other people involved. Um, two things that I use on all our projects is Dropbox so everybody can have access to the files. It's just clear communication. Everybody feels comfortable with it. And another thing, it's Slack. Slack is a, a free app. There's different levels that you will pay for it, but the free access works. So we communicate through Slack with everybody in a, within the team, and it just makes the communication so much easier and clear. So there's no text message about what's the lockbox of that project. I have no idea. Let's let's look at the the Slack file, and it's it's there. Mm -hmm. Those are two things. Um, another thing that we've been using recently is Builder Strand uh, for our construction management, and it helps a lot for change orders, for updates uh, on the project pictures. I know exactly what's going on there, and everybody's on the same page. I usually do a five to ten minute uh, weekly call with the GC. Those meetings are very quick, and the intention is to make sure we are on schedule. If there is any change or decision that needs to be made, that's, that's what it is. If there is an issue, I meet in person because I want to understand what the issue is and how can we brainstorm around to figure out a solution. I, don't, I usually don't um, 
discuss issues over text message or, or emails. I usually like to be there to see because I think that brainstorming it and uh, going back and forth, we can create different possibilities when you have the intention to resolve the issue in the best way possible. That's great. And, and you know, and, and like all things, I've never heard people complain about over-communicating. I mean, you do sometimes hear that as a complaint, but it's always under-communication. So you want to be able to express to your GC about the type of communication you need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever works for you. But I think that's an important thing is, is communication with your GC, especially when things aren't going the way they should, because you know what? They're not always going to go the way you think they're going to go. It's just yeah. not the, this, the nature of this business is that there's a lot of unknowns. And so you get started, you don't know. Certain Absolutely. Things. Absolutely. And my goal is to empower them, not to micromanage them. If I need to micromanage them, then I'm going to charge per hour for babysitting, but that's not the case. I don't want to micromanage anybody and I don't want to work with people that I have to. Mm-hmm. That, that's something that it doesn't work for my, my time. So I also do site visits where I don't announce that I'm coming. So nobody knows that I'm coming because I want to know what's going on. Besides what they tell me what's going on, I want to just show up there. That's a great suggestion. And, yeah. and, and see what's going on to, to confirm. Everything is good to go? Great. So we don't have to, to talk much. But as in every single project that we do, things happen, right? Things happen. And I'm not going to fire the person just because things happen. We need to, to come to, a, 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 I think, the base is the trust. And you build trust once people follow through with their word. If they follow through with their word, then we can work things out and move forward. That, that would be my main thing. Yeah. Great suggestion. So as a result of, 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 this, uh, of this show, you know, think through this process, you know, not only finding them, vetting the, the GC out, then estimating the project and, and how to go about that, creating a scope of work, creating the payment plan and the finishes that Andressa was speaking of, uh, and then some key things before you actually sign the contract, have a contract <laughs> and then sign it and adhere to it and then manage and manage it, manage the, the project closely and, and then tweak as you go and, and always get support along the way. So um, absolutely. Hope this was a value to to uh, to you listening, and uh, you know, don't don't be too afraid of these GCs. Just because they know more about construction than you doesn't mean you can't be working with them. Uh, remember, you have the money, and you're the ones hiring these folks. So remember, you have, you yeah. have power too. <laughs> you write the check. You write so the check. Keep that in mind. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to Liz and I. We'll be more than happy to assist you throughout this process. Okay. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.